1: Well, I had this voice in my head going off like a broken record of find safety, find comfort, find safety, find comfort, like over and over. It would felt like an hour is probably 30 seconds, but it felt like forever. And I guess my brain was searching for that. And then there was a voice that said. You won't find that here. And I was like. Oh shit. <laughs> what now? Beautiful people, welcome back to another episode of Who Can Relate. We are back, thankfully, I am in good health and good spirits. Thank God. Um, to everyone who sent a lot of love in the DMs and a lot of supportive messages from my post on Tuesday saying I would not be able to put out an episode due to having two migraines in the last thirty-six hours. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for that. Thank you for all the tips as well. Um, I'm gonna try to get on top of this migraine thing because it is the only thing that I've ever experienced that just takes me out. Uh, Thank you for that. So uh, before we get into the the topic of this and maybe the reason why you clicked on this episode, yes, we'll be talking about my first encounter and first experience with ayahuasca. Um, We have to go through the checklist. So first things first, um, if you are new here, welcome. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, This show is all about people discovering their higher self through adversity vulnerability with a huge underline under that word and self love. I'm your host, Justin Davis, aka JD. And again, I appreciate your time. Okay, next up, we're going to go with a quote of the day. And because I'm three days late, I feel like I owe you guys two quotes. So here we go. Here's the first one. Uh, This comes from one of the last books that I recently read called the courage to be disliked. Uh, Incredible book, I highly recommend it. And the quote is, When you hit an obstacle, do not mourn it because it provides growth opportunities. I will say this one again. When you hit an obstacle, do not mourn it because it provides growth and opportunities. Let's let that sink in here for a second because how many of us can relate to hitting an obstacle and we either mourn it or we're stuck on it and we just can't think about anything else aside from what is right in front of us preventing us from what we want or what we want to achieve. And the reason why I chose this is because that is, for the most part, a lot of what I'm kind of dealing with currently. There's a lot of things, uh, let's call them obstacles in front of me, um, whether I'm placing them there or the universe is placing them there, they're there. And, and I'm really trying to maneuver around them and trying to figure out and, and out, if you will. And so the second part of this quote being, because it provides growth opportunities That is something I've really had to just accept. I have to understand that this is happening for a reason, whether it's growth, whether it's an opportunity, or maybe it's just a second to double check to make sure I actually want to go through with what I'm trying to do. So I chose that and and I hope you guys like it. And then the second one, we'll call it a bonus quote, is from Will Smith's book entitled Will. It says, it's amazing how skewed your vision can become when you see the present present through the lens of your past. Again, let that sink in for a second. Let it marinate. How many of you also can relate to seeing the present through your past, right? Here we go again. Same thing, different day. Oh, I hate when this happens, right? All that is reference to the past, as opposed to seeing your current lens for what it is today and not through your past. Again, something I'm really dealing with now. <clears throat> I had family in town. Uh, my daughter and my mom uh, last week, and, and they were in town for a week. And it was a week. Uh, it was a week. It, it was a week. Um, yeah, it was, it was a week. It was heavy. So um, a lot of lessons learned during that week and um, a lot of reflection on my, my own part and just trying to figure a lot of things out and what I still need to work on. Uh, some triggers came up. And uh, again, just just a reminder that I need to continue to do the work. So again, um, a lot of it was from the past. And that's sometimes how I currently view myself is, is through who I was in the past. And I have to remind myself that that's no longer who I am. And God knows I've been working my ass off to not be that person or that version of myself anymore. So why would I still have those same lenses on? So, uh, again, I just really appreciate that quote because it uh, it really helps out. And how true it is, it's amazing how skewed your vision can become. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Last but not least, uh, the intention for this episode is to, um, well, shed light on a lot of what I'm going through in my life right now. So, it's going to be a ton of transparency, a lot of vulnerability and ayahuasca has a lot to do with that. So, <clears throat> I guess without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so I was thinking about just googling the definition of what ayahuasca is. Um, I know it's you know plant-based medicine. It's it's an indigenous plant-based medicine. But um, I actually was blown away that it was in the Will Smith book. He he, in detail describes his first experience and I think his second experience with ayahuasca. And so I thought, all right, cool, I'm just going to take the uh, wording from his book, and he gives a great definition of what ayahuasca is. So, if you are unfamiliar with what ayahuasca is, here you go. Ayahuasca is a sacred brew. It has been used for millennia by the indigenous tribes of the Amazonian jungle during spiritual ceremonies and shamanic rituals. It's a kind of tea made from the bark and stems of a tropical South American vine, sometimes mixed with other psychotropic plants. The name comes from the Quechua language where Aya means soul and Wasca is vine. Translation, vine of the soul. Ayahuasca contains a mind altering compound called, well, it's a long word, but I'm just going to say DMT. and It is considered a sacred medicine employed by serious spiritual seekers, not for recreational use. Ayahuasca's healing properties are currently being used in the treatment of PTSD, drug addiction, depression, and anxiety, among many other physical and psychological ailments. And as Will Smith says in his book, he does not suggest the use of ayahuasca or any substance without professional medical prescription and supervision. I second that. Uh, you can, you should not use ayahuasca for your own. Dose or experience or ceremony, etc. Make sure it's with someone who knows what the hell they are doing. Now, the reason why I chose to do ayahuasca was from what I had heard. Uh, I had a couple of friends that did it in the past who had had amazing ceremonies and amazing breakthroughs, and uh, it it just seemed very intriguing to me. I heard that it was x amount of years in one ceremony of therapy. I heard that it was a psychedelic that can make you walk through walls. I heard that it was one of the only out of body experiences that someone experienced where they can literally see themselves in the physical form and show them a better path or show them a better way of to what their life should be. So, and so on and so forth. And so I hear all these stories and I'm like, I want to try that. Um, I had also done a couple uh, bits of research. I watched a couple documentaries, a couple of stuff on the internet, and again, just talking through friends. And so Originally, I wanted to do it in Peru, in in the motherland. In in my mind, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to the birthplace of ayahuasca. And realistically speaking, I'm not really sure when I can get down to Peru anytime soon. So it was like the next best thing was uh, one of Shay's friends and coworkers um, had recommended a shaman that was going to be in town in L.A. at this particular weekend. And if we were interested, he can probably free up two spots for us to do it. So I was probably more so the one who really wanted to do it, um, of the two of us between Shay and I, but she was down and, and, you know, she also had her intentions as well. So we decided what the hell, let's just do it. So we booked our spots and we had, again, our own individual intentions going on for me personally. It was, um, from what I had also heard, it was a huge check to the ego, and that is something I'm, I'm really heavily working on as we speak is my ego and managing it and checking it and knowing when and when not to use it. Um, and so that was intriguing to me and enticing. Also, I, you know, I'm a huge advocate of, of healing from trauma and triggers and childhood wounds, et cetera. And I know that ayahuasca can really bring all those things to the forefront in a, in a different form. And I had hopes and, and intentions of healing from whatever else I needed to heal from. Uh Shay, I will let her speak on her behalf. Um down the road at one point in time she'll tell you, you know, what her intentions were. Uh I will just say similar to mine. So Shay and I <clears throat> the day of we are excited. We're we're very anxious, we're we're a little bit nervous, uh but overall just excited. And for me, it was um I think just more of like really high expectations of, you know, what's to come of this? What's my experience going to be like? Am I going to see myself sitting there? Am I going to walk through a wall, etc. So we go to the house. We had been informed that this was um, kind of a a high profile celebrity's home and the wife was going to be there. Um, I won't I won't say the name just for confidentiality purposes. But um, I will say that the celebrity is a lead singer of a band that you all know. I don't care what kind of music you listen to. You all know their songs, so we uh, we're knowing that going into it. So we're sort of like, okay, cool. Like this feels a little bit more safe. I mean, not that we were scared to go into, it, but I've never done any type of heavy drug before. I've smoked weed maybe uh, six times in my life, and the last time I was seventeen years old. So, and I don't even drink, and neither does Shay. So we are as pure as they come, as uh, mid thirty adults. So. I'm thinking this is just gonna hit us and just run with it. So it helped that we had Shay's coworker vouch for the shaman. And then now knowing you know the celebrities' home, like you know, celebrities are more careful about their things. So we're like, they're just not gonna let anybody in their home to do this crazy ceremony. So we're feeling anxious we are on our way to the house. Uh, it's about a 20 minute drive and on the drive, Shay and I are just, just going through our checklist, if you will, of intentions. I'm giving mine, she's giving hers. I'm asking her how she's feeling, you know, kind of reassuring her, look, I'm here for you at any point in time, just come to me, uh, et cetera. You know, we're going to, we're going to get through this. This is going to be amazing. You know, we're, we're really excited. Um, the coworker had called us on the way he had done a ceremony the night prior. So he was giving us a little bit of a insight and really putting our mind at ease as to what to expect, telling us about the shaman. Um, and he had done, I think a couple ceremonies with this shaman. So he loved him and loved his presence and his energy. So we're that really, again, put us at ease. It, It made us feel a lot better going into it. So we were also told to bring a lot of pillows maybe a yoga mat or like a sleeping bag, just something to be comfortable. You're going to be on the floor for the next four hours. So we load all this stuff up, pillows included. Again, we're on the way there. And we show up to the house and we're walking up this long driveway and it's nighttime. I remember it's 8 p.m. Happened to be a full moon. So we're we're just like in our minds like, oh shit, like what do we get ourselves into? So we walk up the steps to the home. There's no lights on we're like, are we in the right place? There was a guest house that we had passed on the way. And this guest house looked like a house itself. So we're like, is this the house? I don't think so. The lights are completely dim in there. Let's, let's keep going up. Let's see what's there. We finally see like some candlelight and we see a couple people like laying down the floor. And so the door was open. We walked to the door and we're like, Hey, uh, are we in the right spot? We're here for the ceremony. And they're like, yeah, yeah, come on in. The, uh, the celebrity's wife greeted us. She was the first one. She gave us a hug. She's like, welcome. You must be Justin and Shay. Uh, we've heard all about you. Um, Shay's coworker, again, I won't say his name, but they're like, um, you know, so-and-so raved about you guys. And, and he said to make sure that we take good care of you guys. This is your first ceremony. Don't worry. You're in good hands. You can set yourself up all right here. So Shay and I are unpacking our stuff, and and by the way, we packed way more than we needed to. Shay brought, like, grapes and crackers and almonds. I'm like, babe, we're not going to be able to eat. I, I don't think, I'll water, sure, but from what I know, we're going to be purging a lot. And she's like, it's fine, just bring it. We'd rather be safe than sorry. So I'm in the kitchen, loading up the fridge with all these grapes and all these snacks that she brought. I hear her talking to the people in the room and, and kind of, you know, getting to know them, getting acclimated. <clears throat> so I come into the uh the living room, we'll call it, and I start to set myself up. And uh, you know, we're getting everybody's names. There are, I think, six people at this time in the room. And now this was on a Sunday. And so this was the third day of the entire weekend of ceremony. So the shaman performed a ceremony on a Friday, the next day Saturday, and then here we are on the Sunday. And so everyone in this room was on day three of an ayahuasca ceremony and we were like how are you even alive right now like from what we know what you go through for you to be on your third day in a row like how much shit do you have to work through right so I'm like hey it, it, to reach their own so we're getting to know everybody and uh, the host of the home says um, I, I take it you guys are married and Shay and I were like yeah you know two and a half years blah 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 and she's like, wow. She's like, I, I did ayahuasca one time with my husband, and he had a terrible ceremony and was screaming in the middle of the ceremony saying, Okay, please stop it. Okay, show's over. Everyone get the hell out of here. We're done here. And you can't do that in an ayahuasca ceremony, and you are heavily under the influence. And so I bring this up because the woman said, I don't think I could ever do this with my partner again because it really takes away from your own individual experience. And she looked at me and she's like, Justin, for you as a man, you're probably going to feel naturally like you need to protect Shay if she's struggling or if she's you see her going through something and that will take you out of your dimensions and go to her, etc." And we're like, well, cool. We're here now. So <laughs> this is what we signed up for. <laughs> we're just going to, you know, work through it. And um, so, again, just small talk carrying on and about 30 minutes now in total. We're here and there's no shaman in sight. The lights are still kind of on. We're all still up. It's like 830, 45, And we're like, what? You know, where is this guy? So. All of a sudden, this large figure of a man walks in, he's about six um, this Peruvian guy, really, really really deep voice. I'm talking like Barry White with an accent, with a South American accent, right? And he walks in, he's like, I'm Victor, you know, like that kind of thing. And we're like, oh shit. And um, so he he comes over to Shay and I right away. He greets us. He's like, oh, you're so-and-so's friends. Don't worry. You're in good hands. We're happy you're here. If you have any questions, let me know. But I promise you, this is a safe space. I've been doing this for 30 plus years. I brought the medicine, et cetera. I got you kind of thing. Cool, we feel a lot better. So he goes through what the ceremony will entail. He talks about the heritage and the tradition from the Peruvian people and where the medicine comes from and and why he did it and where his journey started from. And he's got an incredible story. And we're like, great, you know, now now we're excited. The nervousness has kind of subsided. Now it's more the excitement because he kind of talked it up. So he says, you know, throughout the ceremony, I will be doing um, traditional chants. Um, He had a couple uh, pieces of, of, I guess, tools, for lack of a better word, that he uses during the music and the chants, and he bangs them on his legs. And and basically, the chant's purpose is to bring the medicine more alive and really make it work its magic for you as an individual and whatever you need to get from this medicine. So we're like, okay, cool. You know, great. Thanks. Thanks for the heads up. Uh, looking forward to getting this thing going. You know, like it's been an hour now. We're excited. We're anxious. We're anticipating. Like, let's do it. So he one by one brings us up and we kneel down on our knees and we hold out our hands and he places a cup. Think of a, um, a, a tiny a shot glass. Let's just go with that. A shot glass in your hands, a plastic shot glass and he pours the medicine, the ayahuasca, in this glass. Now, he said, this is your first time, Justin? Yes, this is my first time. Okay, so he fills me up about three-fourths of the cup. So I take it, and by the way, it's not the greatest tasting thing, but it's also not the worst. If you've ever had spoiled chocolate milk, it doesn't really top that. So (laughs) it uh, it was doable, right? So I take it, I go to sit down, Shay's next, she gets the same amount of dose, she takes it, she goes to sit down. Now, the medicine should be taking about an hour to really kick in. Okay, so let's start the clock. First five minutes goes in, and we're all just sat there quiet. Lights are off, it's completely dark. The only light you see is the light shining from the moon into the house. There's no other music happening, it's just silence. So we're all sitting there, and my mind starts to go. I'm like, okay, this is it. There's no turning back now. I took the medicine. I made a commitment. I'm going to give it my best shot here. Let's let's go. 15 minutes in, Victor the shaman stands up, and he starts to hum. He's he's humming this 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 song, and he's remember his deep voice. So it's like. Like almost penetrating through you, like how deep it is and how vibrational it is. So he's humming. Then it turns into a song and a chant. He grabs what is basically like a tambourine, but just picture instead of like um, the jingle of it and the um, uh, the little like um, uh, drum hats. I can't think of them. anyways. Instead of those clinging things, it's it's a bunch of leaves. So they're making a noise in the last. So he's using this while he's doing the song. And he's banging it on his leg. He's walking around us. And I feel nothing. <laughs> 25 minutes goes by. Still nothing. 45 minutes goes by. And probably on the third song, the third chant, with more tools that he's using and more instruments that he's using, absolutely nothing. I'm like, all right, don't, don't trip. Like He said an hour. Let's, let's give it the hour. hour comes and I feel maybe 5% of the medicine, maybe, and I'm maybe being generous. And I'm like, damn, like either I'm immune to this or I needed a bigger dose, but nothing's hitting right now. They said an hour, like what's, what's going on? So Victor comes up to me and, and he's like, how you doing? And I'm like, Vic, I gotta be honest with you, man. I don't feel anything. Is that normal? Is that okay? Did you not give me enough? And, and he kind of looked at me and gave me like a, a confident smirk. Like, don't worry, let's, let's wait a little bit longer. And I'm like, all right. He goes up to Shay, similar conversation. I check in with Shay and I'm like, you know, like a thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, are you good? She's like, I don't, I don't feel anything. She kind of throws up her hands if you're listening and not watching. And I'm like, you know, he said, he said, give it more time. Give it, give it more time. And She's like, yeah, okay, okay. So an hour and 20 goes by and I'm maybe now at 10% of of, of effect. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like what? I was hyped for this. I dieted for this and I don't like to diet. Like, damn, you know, I really needed this. I wanted this Vic. So he comes by all of us one by one. And he says, if you're wanting another dose I will prepare it for you. Cool. So at this point, I'm like, all right, this is probably the only opportunity I have to stay sober and to, to not have to worry about anything bad happening to me because let me pause where we're at right now in the story. Let me go back a little bit. Remember I told you how we're getting acclimated with all the people in the room and they're telling us about, you know, this is our third day. Well, when they were telling us that this was their third day, They went into detail about their two prior days and what each individual's experience was of their ceremony. And some of them were scary as hell. So I wish I didn't hear those stories because low key, it freaked me out. I never actually asked Shay, but it really freaked me out because they kept saying, you're going to get to a dimension or you're going to get to a place where the medicine just completely takes over you and you feel like that's real life. I don't care what world you're in or what dimension, you feel like that is the rest of your life, period. You're stuck here in this world. and But don't worry. You have to tell yourself and tell the medicine, it's just the medicine. It's just the medicine. It's just the medicine medicine working. I'm going to allow it to work, but I will come out of this. It's only four hours. And I'm like, "Why, why would you tell somebody that? You know what I mean? Like, I guess I get the honesty, but damn. So fast forward to now, Victor's like, would you like your second dose? And I had that moment of like, I don't want to go to a dimension where I feel like I'm stuck. So maybe I don't do the second dose, but I ain't no b- and <laughs> I'm like in my head, like fighting in my head. I'm like, just, just get up there. Just, just do it. So I think I was like the fourth one to go up and and, and take the second dose. And by the way, the second dose in that shot glass Uh, My cup runneth over Vic. Vic topped me off to where I was so afraid I was going to spill it. That's how full my cup was. So I take it back. And I remember thinking, ain't no going back now. (laughs) Like, this is it. So I think because I did the second dose, then Shay felt inclined and, and, and felt reassured to take hers. And it turns out that everyone in the room took a second dose. So I'm like, all right, cool. I, you know, I, I feel better about, about at, least I, at least I tried. Like if nothing hits, at least I tried. So I'm two doses in and Vic starts to chant again. Starts to go through his song. Still don't really feel anything. So now I'm a total of an hour and a half in. The second dose is about 25 minutes in. Nothing. Vic comes up. Justin, hi, how are you feeling? And I'm like, Vic, I got nothing, man. I, You know, I'm at 15%. And he goes, Justin, just wait. Just wait. And he's like patting me on the shoulder and giving me this death stare in my eye. And I'm like, okay, shit. All right, this wasn't the Vic from an hour ago, but okay, cool, I'll, I'll wait, man. And I swear to you, no more than 10 minutes later, on chant slash song number eight on the track of the ceremony of Justin Davis, it hit and it hit hard. <laughs> I was so overheating that I almost got naked. I mean, I had a long sleeve on, a t shirt underneath that, I had a pair of sweatpants on, a pair of longer socks, and I took off everything. But the sweatpants and I rolled up the, the pant to my knee and I just had my T-shirt on and I wanted to take that off. I'm burning up and I'm like, someone needs to open up the window, turn on the air. dude. Like, am I the only one frying right now? Like, what is happening? I'm hot. I'm uncomfortable. My ass hurts because I didn't have enough padding on my ass. I don't have that much padding to begin with, but I'm like really needing more. And I'm like super uncomfortable. I'm like turning and tossing and tossing and turning. And I'm like, what the what is happening? There was a moment where I was like, oh, shit, like it's about to go down right now. And I remember in that moment feeling like, "No. no, 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 no. okay, no, no. Stop the show. I'm not doing this. Thanks for coming out, Vic, honey either you can stay here, do your thing, I'll wait for you in the car, but I'm getting the hell out of here, I am not going through with this, I can't do it, and I started to have like a mini panic attack, because I knew I was heavily influenced, and I couldn't drive, I didn't even know if I could really walk, so I was stuck, and it was probably the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever had in my entire life, I, I can only go back to like maybe one or two roller coaster rides, we're going up, and right before we dip and that's probably it next to this experience and so realizing i can't leave this place like i'm i gotta go through this now i shouldn't have taken the second dose damn it why did i take the second dose that's what i kept thinking you idiot this is your first time this is what you get the whole go bigger go home shit that's what you get right now that's 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 thanks for coming out so I'm having this internal struggle in my head. And meanwhile, we're probably on our one hour and forty-five of the of the four or five hours we're supposed to be here. And Vic is chanting his ass off right now. He is like doing the most. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, Vic, please stop because it's it's bringing the medicine to life. And I was just so afraid. I was so scared. And I kept looking at Shay. So the host was right of the home. I kept wanting to protect her, and I saw she was certain she was fanning herself. She had delayered a couple items, and I'm like, I need to help her out. She's not. She's not doing it. But I don't even know if I can. I need to help myself out right now. The whole put your mask on first. That's what I was thinking. So the next sequence of events that transpired. It's probably the most humbling experience I've ever had in my life up until this point. I've preached on this show and often with friends that the brain searches for two things, safety and comfort. That is it. That's the only job, to find safety and to find comfort. That's why a lot of us don't like change. A lot of us don't like to feel uncomfortable. A lot of us don't like new. Well, I had this voice in my head going off like a broken record of find safety, find comfort, find safety, find comfort, like over and over. It would felt like an hour is probably 30 seconds, but it felt like forever. And I guess my brain was searching for that. And then there was a voice that said, you won't find that here. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) What now? If you can ever think or reflect on a time in your life where you literally had zero control of something that you would do anything to get out of. Think about that moment. It's exactly what I was experiencing. And that panic started to set in more. So then the ego showed up. And the ego is now fighting with the medicine. Now I can't see it, I can just sense it. And then I hear another voice. And now this is the plant medicine's voice. And it says, you are one stubborn mother. huh? You are one hard mother. And it kept saying that over and over and over. And every time it would say that, my ego didn't speak. It just had one action, one facial expression every single time. And my face, my my muscles in my face would form a smirk as if to say, you damn right. What you got? We're going to do some rounds tonight. Let's go. I'm ready. And over and over and over, you are one stubborn motherfucker smirk you are one hard mother smirk and this kept going on and i'm and in my mind i'm like i'm in the middle i'm like guys what the hell is going on right now i got plant medicine on my right shoulder and i got ego on my left shoulder and plant medicine's like bro i'm here to help you out and ego's like you damn right get back to where you came from this ain't for you and it kept it, it went on for i don't even know how long it felt like forever And I'm still tossing. I'm still turning. I'm still hot as shit. I'm still trying to figure out either how the fuck do I get out of this or who's going to open up the window. One of two things need to happen ASAP. And I'm fighting this. And I'm like, I want to let go, but I'm so afraid of what I'm going to see. I'm so afraid of what's going to be exposed to me. I'm so afraid of what I'm going to hear and what I'm going to have to face. And now I'm telling you this story as if it was present day, and I'm taking myself into that space. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take myself out for a second and talk to you from hindsight. And I actually have some notes that I took down. I was journaling after my um, after my ceremony, and these were some of the notes that I took. I wasn't giving myself permission to let go. I didn't trust it. I couldn't surrender. And I was fighting to stay in control. The reason why I said that this particular moment of humbling and humbleness that was happening, I didn't realize how much of a control person I am. Like I knew I needed control of things and I'm one that always preaches control what's in your control but we all know that's a lot easier said than done. And I also didn't realize how massive this ego was and how much it was hiding and how much it was protecting. And I couldn't let go. I I couldn't surrender to the medicine. I couldn't give in to the ceremony. And it was so disheartening and so disappointing for a week later after the ceremony, even to this day. So now I'm, I think, two and a half, three weeks removed. And I I think about it every single day. And I was really hard on myself the days that followed. In fact, the next day, which they say you should not do anything. You shouldn't like be on the phone. You shouldn't go to work. You, sh- you shouldn't leave the house. You should just sit with your thoughts. You still have plenty of things coming in to process, to download. You should journal it all out, etc. And that was a really hard day for me because I just kept thinking like, I was so upset with myself that I couldn't surrender. So back to my ceremony. And we left off with the ego versus the medicine This battle continues. I didn't really have the psychedelic experience of seeing different dimensions or going into different spaces or different parts of, of my mind and the world. I just remember this struggle, this this fight. And I remember getting up to use the restroom at one point, and I looked at myself in the mirror. And I remember saying, <laughs> you won. You, you won this battle. And I didn't want you to win. I wanted the medicine to win. Like, I'm here for the medicine. I'm here to get what I f- have been craving for years. Like, I hate that you won. I hate that you always win. Why do you always have to win? And I went back to my mat. And I laid down. And I would say I was about 60, 65% there present me. And you know, 40, 35% under the influence. So I'm laying there and I'm I'm just like really pissed off. (laughs) And the noises around me were so distracting. And I think it was also the ego and the control trying to just latch onto anything to take me away from the medicine, doing what it wanted to do and so any noise of vomiting or purging my my eyes opened, and I went to look and see who it was. Any hearing of crying or or you know moans or any type of noises like that my my mind and my eyes went to that and I remember hearing these these peoples you know experiences and, and i remember feeling so bad and so sorry and, and so much empathy for them like i wanted to go console them and i didn't even know who they were and so i i had all these distractions i can't really let myself go or surrender and so now i'm just sat here like great now nah, i don't even know what time it is and i don't know how much longer we have but there goes my ceremony right so vic is still chanting He's smoking this I don't even know what it was. It like looked like a cigarette, but I knew it wasn't a cigarette. And he's walking up to people and he's inhaling this and then he's like, <sighs> like blowing it onto the person's head and <sighs> blowing it onto the person's head. And he's doing this to everybody, myself included. I remember thinking, like, damn, Vic, I wish, I wish I was like wherever you would want me to be right now, man. I just, I can't get to this place. I can't get to these people around. Me. I can't get to their place. Justin, how you doing? Huh? How are you doing? I'm good, Vic. And I give him like a thumbs up. I'm, I'm good because he didn't really speak the greatest English. So I'm like, I don't want to yell right now. I'd rather whisper, but he's not going to really understand what I'm talking about and my ego and the medicine and just I'll save it for another time. Like. I'm good, Vic. <laughs> so then I feel this pull on my, on my toe. And I knew it was Shay. And I looked at her. And I just gave her a look like, are you okay? And she just kept looking at me. And I'm like, oh, okay, she needs me. Let, let me go to Shay." So I scoot myself over to Shay. And she just falls into my arms and I, and I hold her. I wrap my, wrap my arms around her and I'm holding her and she's crying. And I remember feeling in that moment, like, okay, at least I have a job to do right now. At least, at least I can be useful, right? Because me and the medicine, we went at it. I won. Unfortunately, you know, I'll come back for round two later, but right now at least I have something to do while we're here. The tug on my toe from Shay, was a very significant tug. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is where the transparency and vulnerability really kicks in here within my marriage. Shay has expressed to me that it's been hard for her in the past to come to me and and be open with me because she doesn't know how much she can lean on me. And a part of that is her individual self is having a hard time trusting people and, and you know she has her own trauma from the past. And then the other part of it is me maybe not providing the right amount of space or or enough of a space for her to confide in. But when she tugged on my toe and gave me a look, it was as if she told me very clearly without saying anything, I'm asking you for help. You know I have a hard time doing this. Please don't let me down. And so when I scooted over to her and she collapsed in my arms, on my chest and was crying and I wrapped my arms around her, I just remember feeling like this is what she's been needing from me. This is what she's talking about when she says she doesn't know how to open up to me, but she wants to. And that feeling of like fulfilling a duty into finally understanding what someone's been asking me in, in, in ways to know that I was finally doing it felt absolutely incredible. That is like one of my, my best takeaways from this entire experience. And so we're, I'm sitting up, she's laying into me for probably like 30 or 40 minutes. I think, you know, I'm 60% of the influence here. And again, my ass hurts, so I'm super uncomfortable. So I was like, I looked at her, I'm like, honey, can we lay down? She's like, yes, 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 please lay down. But like, she didn't say this, but it was like, yes, please lay down. Don't leave me, though. So we lay down, and Shay's crying, and she's like grabbing onto me. And this like caveman like instinct kicks in, right? where Victor's walking by doing his rounds as he's been doing this entire time, doing his chance, kind of looking visually to check on people, making sure they're okay. But every time he walked by when I was holding Shay, this caveman-like instinct kicks in where I felt like I needed to protect my family to the point where I had to tell myself as Victor's walking closer, it's okay. He's with us. This is Victor. Like, don't kill him, right? And it was just such a strange feeling. But a, but a good feeling to know that I, I could and I, and I wanted to protect. And I think that stems from a lot of my life up until the last couple of years has been very self-centered. Very like, I will protect myself first, second, maybe even third, depending on how much history we have. And then I may help you out because I was so afraid of getting hurt. So in this caveman-like feeling that I've never felt before, I finally want to protect someone other than me. And it felt so natural and so instinctual that it was, it was absolutely incredible. Shay's still laying on me, still crying. And now she's lifting up my shirt and putting her hand on my stomach and on my chest. And she's kind of like poking my my stomach and poking my chest, right? As if to like feel like, are you a real person? And I'm like, oh shit, she's tripping. Like she's on like a whole nother dimension right now. I was like, it's all good. I'm here for my girl. Like, you know, arms still around her and I'm rubbing her, kind of like giving her the like, it's okay signal. And then she kind of like peels her her head off my chest to like turn and look at me and is poking me. And I'm like, honey, it's okay. I'm I'm here for you. And I'm like, and my mom, why the, f- why is she poking me? The significance of the poke and the, and the skin to skin moment, as I found out later, the next day, I asked Shay about that. Why Why are you poking me? Like, as if I was like a stuffed animal and you wanted to see if I was real. She said, when I was holding you, it felt like a rock. It felt like such a hard surface, like a rock or like steel, that I was poking it to see, like, is there a human being behind that? Is there a a pulse or a heartbeat behind this metal, brick, steel, rock wall? And I was like, wow. Wow. That's how closed off i am and shay was like i'm glad you said it because i didn't want to like hurt your feelings but i remember thinking like where is his heart like where is the human that i married like when it comes to the emotional side of things and the um true raw vulnerability without like a premeditated vulnerability moment like where is that and that was really significant for me too and a takeaway because I know I have a very hard exterior. I know I have a hard time letting people in. I know where it comes from. I, I know it all. I just have to work through it. And so that was another milestone moment for us that I, I felt the need to share. And what's what's funny about that moment too, really quick, is uh, after the ceremony, when everybody's kind of coming to, the woman that was laying next to Shay, she said, uh, you know, I saw when your husband went over to you and, and held you and, and was there for you. And she said, the way you two were and the way he was holding you was such a beautiful sight to see. And it was so loving and so pure and so genuine. I I, I it just, I love that, that I saw that I got to witness that from you guys. And, and I just really admire that moment that you guys had. It must've felt amazing for you. And Shay was like, you know, without giving her too much detail and insight of our personal lives, but um, she more or less just said, Yeah, I don't know who that person was, but I'll take him all day, every day, you know, because I've been I've been wanting that, and it was really nice to have him come over there, and so Shay and I shared that moment together, you know, in hindsight, just saying like, you know, that felt so good, and it did, it it really brought us really close together, and then even though we were under the influence, you know, we were sober and present enough to know that one, it's possible, and I'm capable of doing that, and then two shay is able to count on me in those moments because when shay pulled my you know tugged on my toe shay's a a a very difficult person to and she's not one to ask for help and so i knew that that little pull was like the only like please help me moment i was ever going to get from her so i was like i don't i can't drop the ball with this and so i'm I'm glad i acted on that i'm glad we had that moment and uh, that is something we will always share which is which is really special so i lay with shay for another i don't know maybe maybe 30 minutes we're holding each other she's still crying no longer poking me i think she realized that uh i was a very hard locked door sealed shut and uh she'll try to crack it another day and i decided to go back to my area and lay down and and maybe try this thing again. Maybe see whatever medicine I got left in me. Let, me. let me see what else you got me, you got for me, you want me to work through, you want me to see. So I lay down, try to close my eyes. i was just so uncomfortable on this, on this floor. You know, Note to self, I got to bring more padding. And I couldn't like completely, again, let go. However, I, I did have a visual and the visual was a little boy about five, six, seven years old in the corner of a room sitting on the floor with his knees up to his head and his head is in the lap of his knees and he's crying and you can hear him sobbing. So I go up to the little boy and I, I said, Hey, are you okay? Nothing. Hey, are you okay? Okay. Nothing. One more time. Hey, are, are you okay? And the little boy answers, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, but doesn't look up. And I ask again, are, are you sure you're okay? You're, you're crying, you're here, or you're by yourself. And he says, I'm okay, I'm, I'm fine. Doesn't look up. And I ask again, are you sure you're okay? And he still doesn't look up. But his answer was different. And he said, No. No, I am not okay. I am 95% sure that that little boy was me. And I'm also 95% sure that that was my childhood room. And that was another... Major, significant moment for me with my ceremony, along with the Shay moment and along with the ego versus the medicine moment, because I know the inner child and the little boy in me is not healed and is not okay from the trauma and the scars that I've had in my life and from what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've absorbed and experienced in my life. And as much as I am working and healing on these things, in that moment, I realized very clearly I still have so much to do and how quickly I am to just say, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. And how hard it is for me to ask for help. After that visual, I was really starting to sober up so much, in fact, that I was able to crawl to my duffel bag and search for my phone, which took forever, so I knew I wasn't sober, um, because it shouldn't have been that hard to find, but I finally looked at the time, and it was midnight on the dot, 12 o'clock on the dot, and I was like, whoa, okay, I'm sure there's some significance behind that, and I'm like, all right, we got another hour of this, but I'm... uh, I'm like ready to go home. I mean, and and I was like, not, not so much avoiding the medicine still, but I just was uncomfortable. I was hot. I was tired as hell. I wasn't able to release. I wasn't able to surrender. I'm like, I just want to go home, but you know, I'm not going to disturb the peace. I'm going to, of course, I'm not going to get up and leave. So I I laid back down and I was just kind of just there. Um, I was very observant. People were still purging. People were still crying. Um, some other visuals that I won't, Say because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Um, and I will say the purging thing if, if people are, you know, um, have some questions or concerns about that. So they say if you have the urge to purge in your ceremony, they highly recommend and highly encourage you to do that because that is you purging the trauma that your body is storing. That is you purging any type of thing you need to release that you've been holding on to for however long. So, in fact, one of the girls who said, um, when we were all coming to, who was purging a lot, I mean, like, a lot. In fact, I think she did three doses. Um, She said, uh, it was as if I was, like, purging into, like, a well, it wasn't like the buckets that we had. She goes, it, it looked and felt like I was purging into a well and I couldn't even fill it up like if I tried. You know, which tells us like how much we hold on to in, in our bodies and how much the body keeps the score. A great book, by the way, on trauma and how much trauma we store and and how much we have to work through. And so, again, another moment where I was very jealous of everybody that they were purging and I didn't get to experience that. So, um I guess I can kind of conclude all of this with the highlighted moments of my ceremony, which kind of in order are my ego is very much so a problem and a major obstacle in my way. It's bigger than I thought. It has more control over me than I thought I had over it. If I took two doses of ayahuasca and I'm able to win with my ego over that, that scares the shit out of me. And that was one of the reasons why I was so hard on myself from the days to follow because I was genuinely scared. Like, damn, like this is way bigger than I thought and I don't even know how to tackle this giant basically. The other takeaway I had was my incredible moment with Shay and that loving embrace and, and just beautiful exchange of love that we shared, which is so amazing. And I'm so thankful and grateful that we had that moment. And then, thirdly and lastly, was my visual seeing my younger self crying and eventually saying, No, I'm not okay, AKA, I need help. I need love. I need guidance. I need healing. And the other thing I will conclude with yeah. is, I will do this again. And I'm scared as hell because again, I, I aside from maybe a roller coaster ride or two, I've never been more scared or more uncomfortable before in my life. But I know in every bit and ounce of my body and my soul, my being that I need to do this. I need to break through that ego and that control and that lack of surrender and trust. I need to let the medicine take me to wherever it needs to take me and to show me whatever it needs me to see. And I need to just let go. And yeah, I need it. So I'll be doing that again. It'll be around two and I hope to God I can report back that I lost in the medicine one. Cause that is the, what I want to see on the scoreboard. Um, <clears throat> I will be doing that journey by myself. Uh, Shay said she, she's going to sit that one out. So she will be my, my chauffeur. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I will report back with that update and, um, I guess I'll also just just leave everyone with this. The reason why I started this by saying it's going to be pretty raw and vulnerable and transparent is um, I am not my my full 100% self. I haven't been for um, a couple weeks now, maybe like a month. I'm not really sure what's going on. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out every single day and nothing is really clicking yet, at least consistently. Um, it's a lot of things, uh, but in short, I'm overwhelmed. Um, I am lacking guidance, like an internal compass. I'm frustrated with, with not having the things that I thought I would have by now in my life. Um, I'm disappointed in some of my actions that I've had on display a couple scenarios and instances with people um, recently. And I am my biggest critic. You know, I've said this way back that if anyone thinks that they can like bring me down with a comment or like attack me on the internet, I, <laughs> I I'm laughing, but I say this wholeheartedly and I'm dead serious. You don't stand a chance against me. <laughs> I am my biggest critic. There's nothing you can say to me that would hurt me more than what sometimes the thoughts in my own head are. Trust me. You can try, but trust me, it won't matter. I am so hard on myself and such a perfectionist. I think it has a lot to do with um, the fact that I'm getting older I'm only 35, I know that, so everyone older 35, calm down. But you know what I'm talking about, I'm getting older, and I feel like, you know, time is just flying by. It's going so fast, and I'm like, slow down, like, I still have so much I want to do, I still have so much I want to be and become and give. And I just feel like I'm running out of time, I don't know how to explain it but it's really hard and I have people that look up to me. I have goals. I have things that I want to achieve and, and I'm like really struggling with the direction being more important than the speed right now. um, Cause the speed is always there. Whether it's an impulsive speed, <laughs> it's always there and I'm just really lacking direction and um, it's been a struggle. It really has. And so that was also part of the reason why I wanted to do ayahuasca. Cause I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Like, that's where I'm at right now. I don't know what else to do. Um, yeah, I just don't know what to do. And that's scary for me. I, I hate not knowing direction and that's part of the control thing that I need to work through. Um, but yeah, I, it's just really hard. Um, for anyone that thinks like JD has some, you know, perfect life, um, modeled and successful and beautiful wife and, and all that. And yes, 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 yes. I do have all those things. However, I'm also human and I have the same emotions that a lot of you do. I am not perfect. Every day is not the perfect sunny day that, that you may think. And, um, I don't know why I'm even saying this, but I, I guess it's just like it's not always what you what you think it is. Like we can't judge books by their cover, and that is also a hard lesson I've had to learn recently. So in the end, I just I needed to be honest because I, I'm not giving 110% like I did in season one. And I'm really struggling keeping this thing going. Um I will, but I'm just struggling and so um it's just it's not the same right now and I think because like the work is like I'm in the thick of it right now I think in this first season I was still kind of like surface you know with with a lot of the work I was I was getting under some stuff and having some uh revelations and and some great moments but right now I, I I feel like I'm really in the heart in the heat of it all and it's really hard to um perform while I go through this. So, um, I guess I'm just asking just bear with me. Um, I'm trying, I will continue to try. I'm, um, it's not about like stopping, but, uh, I'm just having a moment, I guess. So hopefully, uh, this subsides and I get more clarity, whether it's from my round two of ayahuasca or just continue to do the work. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just having a moment. There's nothing else, no other way to put it. Um, thank you for listening to that. Thank you for listening to this episode as always. Thank you for all the support. If you're new here and this is the first episode you've ever heard or listened to or watched rather, um, it's not always like this. I promise. (laughs) Um, ah, there's a, there's a hefty catalog for you to go through. There's some great stuff in there. (laughs) Not that this wasn't, but you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. So thanks for everyone for listening. Um, I hope if you are interested in ayahuasca, that this encourages you to participate in a ceremony. I do encourage that. Um, again, obviously under the right circumstances with the right people and, and just do it the right way. Um, but even with my experience, you know, I, I still had a ceremony and from what I'm told, there are a lot of people who don't have a ceremony at all. One dose, two dose, three dose, whatever doses it is, they don't have experience at all. So I'm happy that I did. I'm happy that, you know, again, I gave you the highlights of of it. So um, I'm looking forward to round two. So uh, from now until then, have an amazing weekend. Next week's episode is going to be really good. I have uh, a good friend of mine that I've known for a long time. And speaking of don't judge a book by its cover, um, we're going to really get into that. And she's got uh, an incredible story that I'm excited for everyone to hear and uh, get to know her. So from now until then, love and light. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.